So, Dave, I got to tell you, I was heading down to uh, Reading Terminal Market uh, last week. And uh, if any of our listeners uh, are familiar with the downtown Philadelphia area, it's right across the street from the convention center. So if you come down for uh, Comic-Con at, uh, at, at uh, Philadelphia, you can go across the street to Reading Terminal and you can get what I think are the finest cannoli in the world, bar none, at Termini Brothers right across the street. And uh, I was over there and... Oh, hold on, Dave. Hold on. Yeah, come in. Uh, late, uh, lady, are you lost? I. What's happening? Who, what's who, hold what's on. happening? I, uh, hold on, uh, Dave. I gotta talk. Oh, you're you're the lady that talked to Dave at Comic Con a couple weeks ago. What What are you what doing with happening? that? What are you doing with that piano? Why Why? You You've got something that you want to talk to Dave, and it's got to be done in song. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to work in sci-fi? Oh, no. Come on, no. let's draw some no. stars. I see you failing at your booth. You're so uncouth. You ought to be on Mars. <laughs> I got an application. Just sign your name. Don't follow the road you're on. Do you want to work in sci-fi? It really should be sci-fi. Do a con. Wow. What Brad Geiger, everybody. <laughs> Key Brad change. Geiger. Key change. Okay. Do you Key want change. to work in sci-fi <laughs> with robots, droids, and ships? You'll never earn much more than hugs with books on pugs. Don't give me any lips. <laughs> you need a little guidance, and I'm just the one to show you the proper way. Do you want to be in sci-fi? You really ought to be in sci-fi. Start today. <laughs> My God. Oh, she just left the studio. She, she that's just, all she wanted to say. She, well, oh my goodness. What a nice lady to come by. And now, I how she found you, my studio in Philadelphia, I have no idea. I, first of all, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I have no solid reaction to this. More, more, more like someone who has witnessed a car accident than anything else. I, I have to say though, there's a big shout out to our Patreon backers because your support has enabled me to buy headphones that I can mute, and that was a big godsend in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on that all week long. You told you told me last week that uh, that Beth was teasing you about that lady who came up and said you should be in sci-fi by saying, "Dave, you ought to be in sci-fi." And when when you te when you texted me that, all I heard was, "Do you want to work in sci-fi?" And I thought, "Oh, that's a great song parody." And I wrote that whole thing. You'd never believe it, but I wrote that thing in about ten minutes. No, Brad, it was so beautiful. I would have imagined weeks of crafting, handcrafting. Surely you brought in professional musicians to practicing. I've been practicing my singing for, for that long, but no, I wrote it. Into, look, like, you'll never earn much more than hugs with books on pugs. Don't give me any lip. That was inspired. 
Well, can I tell you? So uh, when my when my wife and I got married, her her grandmother passed down some of the finer china, and uh-huh. it included some real Irish crystal, uh, like wine goblet type things. There were only two of them, <laughs> yeah. but I have to tell you, I'm I'm frankly a little mad at you right now because those are now gone. Brad, <laughs> oh no! Those, I the, I your, shattered them. Your beautiful voice, Brad, has shattered a hundred year old Irish <laughs> oh. crystal goblet and. Oh. Uh, uh, no, Brad. I I have to say, you made the right choice going into cartooning. That's that's the short version. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting so long, and you're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do for a cold open?" I'm like, "Don't worry, I got a story about cannoli." Yeah, I thought I was excited when you said, "Like, don't worry, I got a story about cannoli." I was like, "Great, I love cannoli. I'm here for it. I'm ready to." <laughs> I'm ready to listen to whatever story about cannoli you got. And then we just launch into what can only be described as America Doesn't Have Talent, the new show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just, never never has someone been so proud of so little. <laughs> well, maybe maybe once before. <laughs> I just it was it was beautiful in the sense that like a trucker at a rest stop in Ohio just singing, Do you wanna build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. Just standing next to you at a urinal. I said, I'm going to do. It's not to go away. Um, oh, just, man. Well, Brad, bra- bravo, Brad. <laughs> did you like that theater of the imagination? She knocked on the door and I she was having did. my little. Brad, I was carried away to another yeah. land. And unfortunately, it was a land of madness. But that's all right. <laughs> I was doing my little Bob Newhart conversation. What's that you say? Oh, you want to talk to Dave? Oh, and and. What's that? You say? Oh, you brought a piano. I, I've been I've been studying Bob Newhart for days to get that just right. It was it was note perfect, note perfect. <laughs> and I want to say, I want to say that was uh, the perfect lead in for me to say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about making comics. And making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, editor of webcomics.com, cartoonist of Evil Link, and available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and ever happy occasions. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I'll co-sign. By, if, if for any reason you want to ruin your wedding or bar mitzvah, by all means, do invite or hire Brad. Uh, and I'm his friend Dave Kellett, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Stripped. And this week's Hour of Comics Advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash gammaclab. So, Dave, let's talk comics. I love that the Midwest came out there and, like, <laughs> and your support is made possible by patreon.com slash gammaclab. That really... Talk about transporting me, Brad. I was immediately brought to just just outside of Toledo. That was amazing. Oh, well, Gammaclab. I'm telling you, I, I think I peaked uh, already during the show. I'm, I'm a little lightheaded already. <laughs> the rest of the show is just going to be a steady uh, slide down. <laughs> well, before we get too far into the show, we have to thank our kind sponsors over at Wacom at WACOM.com. Uh, Brad and I, huge fans of uh, Wacom. Uh, as you guys know, we both use them. Uh, I use it to create Drive. Brad uses them to create Evil Inc., uh, both the normal version and the <laughs> not suitable for work version. But, uh, normal and uh, abnormal. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> the normal and the daytime and nighttime <laughs> yeah. versions of Evil Inc. That's, I've never described it that way. Yeah, Maybe that's we'll go good. That. So uh, a huge thank you to Wacom. Uh, uh, we are uh, delighted that they are taking a, a, a value and an interest in the show, just as we take a value and an interest in their delightful product. So thank you for that. All right, so Brad, we got a lot of questions to jump into uh, this week. Yeah. 
um, from the $5 backers over at patreon.com slash camiclam. <laughs> so why don't I jump into one? And uh, and you can do the old uh, the old answer. And what do you think? My Sounds friend? good to me. You? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this first question for the week comes in from Alexi and it says, Brad and Dave, I am new to the world of professional illustration and have paid for classes, purchased hardware and software, but have yet to make a living wage for it. So I have a side job. How long did it take you, Brad and Dave, to go full time? And can you talk about how you handled doing taxes before you went full time with your comics? So, Brad, Alexi has bought the physical stuff. He's bought the software stuff. He's got the the, the drawing set up ready in the house. Uh, yeah. But he's not yet going full time, making a living wage from it. So the question for you is two part. Uh, one, what do you think about uh, Alexi's uh, setup there for the question? And two, how long did it take you to go full time? Right. So we got the how long and the taxes and let's I, we're going to have to we're going to oh, probably the taxes, spend yes. a little bit of time talking about the, the first part. So let's let's both uh, make and make it a point not to forget the taxes, because that's a big topic, too. Sure. But the first one I want to talk about is how long. And here's the deal. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Back when we did the how to make web comics book, we experienced something called the the nine month itch. And what happened was uh, people would start doing web comics, and nine months later, when they hadn't quit their day jobs yet, they would write us angry email. And I'm not saying that uh, Alexi is is angry, but uh, uh, they would write us an email saying, "Hey, wh- what gives? I'm not I'm not making it full time yet." Right. And and <laughs> and it always happened around nine months. We called it the nine months itch. And the, the answer to Alexi's question is, it takes much, much longer. The, the, the short answer is, for me, it took me 12 years of doing this. And, and that I was doing it daily for almost every one of those 12 years. I was yeah. doing it at least five days a week, if not six days a week. Now, having said that, I totally get it, uh, Alexi. I to- and I'm not. this is why I want you to know I'm not making fun of you. Because I've done a couple of things this year uh, – uh, one of them has been Instagram and the other one has been YouTube, uh, where I've been trying to kind of push through and push forward and kind of build something there based on some advice I've, I've gotten from different people. And I, I totally get it. I, I've been there at the nine month itch where I'm like, oh, my God, I've been doing this forever and I'm not getting any traction. Right. And then Dave will right. say, well, well, let's see your stats. How long? And then I'll go and I realize that I've only been doing it for two months. <laughs> you know, I've, I've only been doing this consistently for like you can you can easily track it in weeks instead of months and, and so i totally get it it feels like you've been doing this forever and the and the truth is you, you've just started right. and that can be daunting uh but uh but the answer for me is it took me 12 years 12 years of of doing this uh, six days a week and having a day job and, you know, uh, uh, doing, uh, my fair share of raising two kids. Uh, it was, it, it was, it's not easy. Uh, no. how long did it take you, Dave? So from the time that I got back from grad school in England until I, I took a job at Mattel within a couple of weeks or a month of getting back from England. And I worked solidly for seven years at Mattel as my daytime job while I worked, frankly, another full-time job doing cartoons. I was doing yeah. Sheldon seven days a week, Brad. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. So yes, it I was do. six days of black and white, one day of Sunday colors, kind of newspaper style. 
and then all the website and promos and marketing and email reaction stuff. So I would consistently go to bed at one or two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and by consistently, I mean, for most of those five to seven years during the week, I would go yeah. uh, to bed at one or two in the morning, wake up at seven thirty or eight, get to work, go to Mattel. Blah, 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 blah. Sometimes I would work during my lunch break out in my car on the yeah. comics. I would get home spend time with my wife, spend time with the family or that sort of thing, then in the studio for four hours, work and draw, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so yeah. I really, I had like 60 hour weeks because I would work weekends too. And um, that was for seven years. And then even at the mm-hmm. seven year point, when I made the leap to quit Mattel and jump into Sheldon, Sheldon had not yet 100% matched my Sheldon income or my Mattel income. So by that, I mean, if I was making $100 a year at Mattel, when at the moment that I quit to do Sheldon full time, I was only making like seventy five, eighty dollars a year doing Sheldon, right? So right. Uh, it was a leap of faith that if I gave that my full one hundred percent, you know, one hundred ten percent, frankly, of my uh, working hours, that I could get it up. And thankfully, it worked. But even then, it wasn't a full one hundred percent replacement of my day to day income. Um, mm-hmm. So it was probably more like eight years, eight and a half years until that happened. Anyway, all that is to say, it's a long walk. It is not an overnight thing. And it's a long walk while you're pulling down a full-time job. So you get home from your full-time job, you just want to collapse onto the couch, grab the remote, warm up a dinner, and sit sometimes, you know? And all those years, Brad and I would get home, say hi, smooch the wife, talk for a bit, have dinner, maybe sometimes put everybody to bed, and then get into the studio and start drawing, you know? And um, yeah. It was a lot of years of that, I remember, a lot of years of that, where my wife would come in at like one or two in the morning and be like, come on to bed, and be like, I'm almost done, I'm almost done, I gotta finish this last panel, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Like, to the point, honestly, where the point where she was like, what, what's going on? Why are you doing this at one or two in the morning? I was like, I gotta, I really yeah. wanna be a cartoonist, I gotta do this. And uh, it took me seven years of it, and it took Brad 12 years, so it's not an overnight thing. And it's, no. it's not only not an overnight thing, it's, an overnight, it's not an overnight thing during years where you're putting in a lot of effort to get your 10,000 hours in, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's that. Okay. So now let's transition over to taxes. So how did we handle taxes? That? So at first in, in the years where I had a day job, the way that I did it, and Brad can talk to this is mm-hmm. I wasn't set up as I wasn't incorporated yet. I currently am incorporated. Right. I wasn't set up as an LLC. I wasn't set up as a DBA. Um, and we can talk about all those. It was just Dave Kellett, personal expenses and Dave Kellett, uh, cartoonist expenses. And so what right. I did was I basically, for, for my own financial tracking, I set up a separate checking and banking account and I opened mm-hmm. a separate credit card all under my name, but I think they were all called Dave Kellett, uh, BUS for business, EXP for expense. Right. And right. so, uh, whenever I wrote a check from that account, I knew it was for my cartooning. Whenever I made a deposit into that account, I knew it was a sale for my cartooning or some sort of licensing fee or, uh, you know, a, a freelance fee. Um, and so my credit card was the same. Anytime I charged on that card, I knew I was at Staples buying art supplies or I was at an art supp- store buying art supplies or I was mm-hmm. paying Brad to do coloring or whatever. You know, I, not that I ever did that, but right. you know what I mean? Oh, so God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, what I'm saying is, is I kept my books separate, which is a first early step on, uh, then eventually the next step was I established a DBA, which was a legal mm-hmm. filing, uh, public filing saying, 
Dave Kellett will be doing business as, and I think at that point I, I established my DBA as Sheldon Comics or something. And then a mm-hmm. couple years after that, uh, I incorporated as Small Fish Studios. And a, an incorporation basically is just a separate legal entity from yourself, which has its own taxes, it has its own uh, legal obligations, it has its own, uh, in, in some respects now in U.S. law, it, it, is, it has a sense of personhood, which is ridiculous, but it does. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, so that was the three levels that I took. Brad, what were the, what were the steps that you took to, to handle taxes? I mirrored you almost exactly, although I'm going to I'm going to put a couple nuances in there. Okay. I would suggest that you do the DBA uh, before you set up the standalone uh, business account at your bank and put it under your DBA. That that helps out a lot in keeping uh, those two things separate. Uh, it, it, it's going to help down the road as you progress because that money will always. Oh yeah, be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that's a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what Dave is saying is is right. At some point, you may want to incorporate uh, or even form an LLC or something like that. But for uh, for the vast majority of that time, until you're really you know going at higher levels and you need to protect yourself legally, you're going to be a sole proprietor, and that's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh yeah. For the most part, unless you're worried about somebody. I I remember talking to my accountant about it and I said, should I be forming an LLC? And he goes, "Uh, what's your biggest liability? Is somebody going to slip and fall in front of your booth at a comic convention and, and, and blame you? He goes, no, you don't need an LLC for a long time. And he, and, and, and that was uh, truthful. So don't get psyched out about the sole proprietorship, especially at these early stages It's perfectly fine. Uh, but yeah, I would underline everything Dave said. I would form your DBA early, uh, get that separate bank account and a separate credit card uh, or debit card. Uh, and that's just going to make things uh, much easier down the road as you separate you from cartoonist you. Yeah. And I, I will also admit to a second thing that um, I mm-hmm. lucked out fairly early on in my career in Los Angeles in that <clears throat> I went to the... I think it's called the SCBWI meeting one time, Brad, in in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. This was back when I was working at Mattel. Oh, you know what? Mattel sent me. Haha. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> there were a couple times where the corporation would send me to an event that I was like, ha, fooling you. I'm also you, you yeah. know, incorporating some of this into my cartooning. Anyway, I went to the children's book illustrator convention. Uh oh, Mattel sent yeah. me there. Ah, those those fools. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, I went to the children's book illustrator convention that was in Southern California. Um, and a lot, there was a lot of really good classes and that for use at Mattel. So lest you think that I was uh, joking, there was a reason why they sent me. But there was one about uh, taxes for independent artists. And I was like, oh, I actually would like to learn about that. And so yeah. um, it was a local accountant who gave a great talk about the unique specifics of uh, accountancy and taxes for artists. And I liked him so much. And he seemed like such a decent guy that I have now used him as my accountant for the last 15 years. And oh, wow. the things that I like about him is that he is he is intelligent and he is insightful. Uh, but more than anything else, he is a kind person and he's an honest person. Mm-hmm. And I just find like that's just a lovely thing anytime you can do business with a kind and honest person. Uh, because yeah. I will sometimes naively ask, well, could I do this tax-wise? And he'll be like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. And then I'll do, well, like, uh, and I will say, well, this this uh, tax move that we're doing, is this honest? Is this genuine? And he goes, oh, I, I have to tell you and I'll, I wouldn't, I would never recommend something to you unless it was honest and legal. Yeah. And here are the people to do it. And here's why they do it. And here's why the IRS is okay with it. So anyway, what I'm, all this is to say, if you can find a local accountant that you like, 
at the mm-hmm. very least, it's good to schedule one year where you have an accountant because then you can learn and glean some stuff from them that will carry you through the next couple of years. So he, he or she can yeah, talk absolutely. you through, hey, here's some ways to structure your your um, your DBA or your eventual LLC or your S-Corp or whatever you're going to set up. Anyway, I will say that it was very helpful finding a nice, kind accountant, because frankly, I'm naive to a lot of tax laws. And there's a lot of stuff that or write offs that I would be too humble or nervous to take where he's like, No, David, Mm -hmm. this is a legitimate write off, you're doing a legitimate cartooning business. And this is, you know, it's okay. Like, it was almost like a grandparent, like patting me on the back of my hand going, you're doing okay. (laughs) This is fine. It's all right. You can do this. Yeah. And and I would I would co sign that and just add Find a CPA who is very familiar with freelancers yes. and self-employed yes. people. Yes, and yes, if yes. you've got to yep. ask around your area, your city, your state, uh, other freelancers, other self-employed persons, uh, find – because we do have a number of unique uh, situations. And I'm sure that most CPAs are familiar with most of them. Right. But you want to find somebody that really goes uh, – you know, drills deep on – self-employment and freelance issues because there's a lot of stuff there that uh, could be missed. So uh, ask around, ask, ask who's got a a good CPA and and whether they're familiar with this stuff. Yeah. And you can reach out. The best thing to do in my case, I lucked out because I went to that children's illustrator conference and he happened to be giving a talk. But if you reach out to five artists that live in your tax region, um, you will Mm -hmm. find among those five, one of them has an accountant that they super recommend, you know, Four of them will say, yeah. well, I mean, I have an accountant, but I don't recommend them. But one of them will be like, oh, I love my accountant. They're great. Oh, you've got to use them and uh, uh, go with that. You know, uh, to Brad's point, a little bit of legwork. That way you don't get stuck with a CPA that's like, I'm really good at real estate and I don't know anything about freelancing, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Brad, in the way that everybody specializes in something, and so you don't want a CPA yes. that's like, I'm I'm really good at estate law, but I'm uh, or estate financing, but I'm not good at freelancing. I have no idea how that works. So um, nope, anyway, I agree. Uh, but so the, to answer Alexi's question in a button, the the three the three clipped answers are: it's going to take you longer than you think, Alexi, and that's okay. The things in mm-hmm. life that are worth doing take time. The second thing is. Uh, it's it, do it in stages, uh, separate out your expenses. Um, at first, just with separate checking and banking and credit card. Um, and, uh, and then the last one is find a, a good accountant if you can, that's good at freelance. Uh, and especially if they are good at freelance, uh, good at freelance art. Uh, wouldn't you say, Brad, that's our bits of advice for that? I would, I would co-sign that in, uh, indubitably. And I've got another question here from a $5 Patreon backer that actually <laughs> I, I'm dying to hear your response to. Okay. So this comes in from our friend Andrew and he says, Hey guys, I'd like to share some of my inking and coloring process with my fans, but my brain has a hard time working on art and answering questions at the same time. So live streams have been a bit exhausting for me. Any suggestions? And I say this with an extra lilt on my voice because I have exactly the same problem. Yes. (laughs) And you do it so well and it 
really ticks me off. So what's your secret? Well, Brad uh, has a couple of different problems is that he'll, he oftentimes. <laughs> Story of my well, life. No, but I mean, I've did, as a friend, I say this, like uh, you have yeah, to remind yeah, yeah. Brad while he's drinking water. Don't forget to breathe too. Keep breathing. Don't hold your breath um, because he'll, it's just a spluttery mess. It's just, he's no, I don't yeah. know. That joke was lame. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, uh, <laughs> do you want to build a snowman? That's my escape. <laughs> Um, so, uh, okay. So how do I live stream and talk? Part of it is being able to, uh, kind of jazz hands your way through life. You know, you're like, Hey, I'm entertaining and I'm talking and I'm doing things. Um, yeah. part of it is the recognition that there is an impermanence to it. I wouldn't recommend, and this mm-hmm. is just speaking permanently or uh, personally, if you are nervous about live streaming or if it makes you feel, uh, anxious, a, the the big picture to know is that you don't have to do it. You don't have to do any of things mm-hmm. that you don't want to do or feel comfortable doing. Sometimes we got into art because we're not good at socializing or we're not good at talking or we're not going yeah. good at being with other people. And that's okay, first of all. So that's the big picture one, right? You don't you don't feel that you have to do it. Uh, secondly, if it's a hurdle that you would like to get over, and I really respect that, um, the things that I would recommend are don't record it because somewhere in the back of your mind, if it's recording, you'll be going, this is permanent, this is permanent, be funny, be entertaining, this is permanent, right? Uh, and then yeah. the third thing I would recommend is, uh, you remember an episode Brad and I had uh, a long time ago where we said, we are far more concerned about how we are looking and appearing to other people than anyone else is concerned about it, right? Yes, So yes. you are right now are the greatest limiter of how much you're enjoying the process because right now you're worried about like, oh God, they're all, they're all looking at me. They're all laughing. Oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's, it's like Brad in the high school gym showers all over again. It's the worst thing. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, stop snapping. Come on, guys, be nice. Hey, I'm just trying to take a shower over here. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> that took an just unexpected leave a guy turn. Alone with- <laughs> uh, <laughs> it kind of kind of did. Just leave a guy alone with his thoughts. Why yeah, don't just you? let a guy soap up over here. Just be nice. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so here's the thing about uh, talking extemporaneously while you're drawing. Uh, it's okay to not be perfect, but one of the reasons why I say don't record it is that uh, if there's an impermanence to it, it matters far less. Um, people yeah. are mainly coming to watch you draw. That's the main draw. And the talking is just sort of the icing on the cake, right? Yeah. What I would not recommend is that if you have to answer a question, your pen stops moving and you have to close your eyes and think about what your answer is, right? Mm-hmm. Cultivate, uh, slowly cultivate and work on your ability to keep moving your pen while you answer a question in the same way that you can uh, walk and talk or, or chop onions and talk while you're cooking in the kitchen or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you slowly yeah. cultivate the ability. And it will. It, it's not going to be perfect the first five times, the first 10 times. But frankly, and Brad can confirm this, your audiences live streaming are not going to be 10,000 people the first time. It's going to be 5, 10, 15 people. Oh, God, 15. I, I could only dream for 15. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting at is there's there's uh, don't give it so much weight yes. in your mind that you freeze yeah. up. You know, it is it is a nice bonus for the for the dozen to two dozen people that will come by over the course of that stream to see how you draw. And honestly, 
most people duck in just for a couple seconds just to see like what the process is of drawing. And then they go, oh, that's cool. And then it's like back to work for them, right? right? No one, most of them are not going to sit there for the first full 45 minutes to an hour that you're drawing on live streaming. Brad, I've talked too long. What are your thoughts on this? I I agree. Not not that you've talked too long. I agree with everything you said on live streaming. uh, I've got a couple thoughts though, uh, however, that I do want to share. Number one, uh, so I, like I said at the top of the question, I agree with what Andrew is saying. He's, he's, it, it's, it's not easy. It doesn't come natural. So here's a couple of thoughts that, that I've put into action that have actually worked pretty well for me. Number one, uh, if you're not good at talking and drawing at the same time, then don't. Uh, and you can easily uh, take, oh, you yeah. can do, you can like uh, on Mac, it's QuickTime. I'm sure there's a PC equivalent, but I, a lot of times uh, just record my screen as I'm drawing on my Wacom. And uh, later on, I'll take that, that movie, uh, that movie, let's say like, I'm like, I'm shooting uh, King <laughs> Kong over here. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, video what an clip. inflated <laughs> sense of self-worth. As the DP changes the lighting sources to really put you into a hero shot. <laughs> but I'll take that video and I'll do any number of things with it. I can post that video uh, without any comment whatsoever uh, a, a, if, to my Patreon backers. I can put a little so- uh, put some music behind it. If you follow my YouTube channel, I use some of them and I just put them right on top of the audio from a podcast called Comic Lab. Uh, and, and here's another thing I do. I do a series uh, called Livestream Chat where I'll, I'll, I'll find myself drawing a certain way or doing a certain thing, and then I'll record a voiceover where I say, oh, what I'm doing here is coloring a certain way or, or inking a certain way, and watch what I'm right, about to do right, here. Right, right. You're going to see this thing come up and blah, 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 blah. So, so I'm not talking and drawing at the same time. I'm doing an overdub on this little piece, and then I'm sharing that. Uh, so there's a lot of ways that you can repurpose that and 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 kind of make that live stream uh, a, an event for your Patreon backers or for your fans that you want to share it with. And also remember, again, going back to that silent video clip, uh, take that and condense it down into a one minute uh, clip, uh, you know, a part of it where you complete drawing one character. And take that and do a little fast uh, time lapse through it and post that stuff on Twitter and Instagram. And you've got something that people really like to engage with. They love watching time lapse drawing videos, especially on Instagram. Right. And best practice right. there. And I see uh, our, our friend Dave Reddick, uh, who uh, who uh, started out with Garfield and and he's doing a bunch of work for uh, uh, for King Features now, I think. Uh, Dave does this all the time and always grabs me and, and pulls me in. He starts with an image of the finished piece. And then that fades oh. out to, yeah, oh. oh, yeah, it's so good the way he does it. He starts with the image of the finished, and then he it fades out to a blank canvas, and then he starts drawing. And, of course, it's all a time lapse, so it's done very, very quickly. You want to get it down to, I think, under a minute if you want to post it in Instagram. I think Twitter gives you a little more leeway and f- Facebook considerably more. Uh, but those time and, – and, again, you're not saying anything. But those time lapse uh, videos are fantastic. And if the idea of uh, sharing uh, knowledge or education uh, – I want to tell you what I'm doing with this coloring. If you do that – 
and share it on social media, you can just do a little caption that says, oh, take a look what I'm doing here. I'm doing this, then that, then that. And that's a process you can try for yourself and you're out, right? So you can get an awful lot done without talking. That's my point. Honestly, Brad, the time-lapse one, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I didn't think of it, but mm-hmm. the time-lapse ones I personally find to be really helpful and enlightening and uh, insightful when I'm watching. Because yeah. there will be times where I just I don't have the time to give to a live stream, but right. I want to see how they did what they did. So a, a time-lapse or a speed-through is like, oh, 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 as they're doing it. You know, you see you see all the little tricks that they do. Oh, like some people work inside out and some people work outside in and some people work from a certain shaded point to, to and then build off of that to the across the whole drawing and some do the whole drawing first and then begin the shading and you know like that it's just fun to see how different people approach it and what the materials they're using and a speed through shows you that really quick so yes i'm going to co-sign brad yeah uh that i think that that is a great way to handle that and the last point i want to share really quick is that uh reach out to your to the people that are showing up for your live stream and say and i do this on live streams all the time tell me what you want me to talk about give me a topic I can I can talk about anything, you know, and unless I'm trying to really uh, explain something that's very detailed, if you say, uh, tell us what you think about the Philadelphia uh, cannolis, I can sit there and draw and just kind of it doesn't take a lot of thoughtfulness to 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 talk about some of that surface level stuff. Uh, So ask your your backers, your the people that are showing up to pitch you some ideas. What do you want me to talk about? It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I don't have anything on my mind right now other than my art. Uh, If you guys want me to talk, uh, pitch me a topic. And that works better than you think. Absolutely. And to that also, you can also do leading questions of like whatever the topic of the day is in in Venn diagram circles of the topics that you cover in your comics. So, for example, this is totally blue skying it. You'd be like, so what did everybody think of the uh, Watchmen trailer for the HBO show? Everybody like that one or, you know, and and you'll get some commentary that you can you can jump off of in your own uh, chat. Yeah. But I think I think that puts that one well to bed, Brad. Shall we switch to uh, the next topic on the old docket? That sounds like a great idea. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute and stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, Brad and I are going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. Yeah, because, you know, when you do, you'll get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And an exclusive Patreon post that go even deeper on the Comic Lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, no worries. You can still support the show by rating us wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and a few kind words. And that, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful. And now, let's talk comics. All right, Brad, I got the next question for us coming in from George Mackay, and it says, All reet chaps. Oh, wait a minute. He wrote this in uh, in Scottish style. It's either Scottish or Newcastle style. All reet. All right, so I'm going to read this, uh, George, with apologies. I'm going to try my Scottish accent on this yeah. question, since if you're going to write it in, in, New, in Newcastle Scottish style, I'm going to read it in Newcastle Scottish style. Here we go. for the And, and here's where George throws his head through a glass. Here we go. Yes. <clears throat> All right, chaps, just wondering what each of you would like to be remembered for, you wee numpty bint. Ah, no. I didn't want to know what I'm asking. All right, there you go, Brad. So the question is, all right, chaps, just running, oh. just wondering what each of you would like to be remembered for. Ah. Uh. Yeah, we numpty bint. <laughs> I, 
you know what? I, I mean, there are so many different ways to answer that question. Uh, and, 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 and uh, there's, there, there, there's, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm going to, I'm going to, I could, I could BS you uh, and, and make something up and say, oh, I want to be known as the nicest guy in web comics or somebody that I was always willing to lend a hand. Uh, I, <laughs> but that's kind of self-serving. Uh, I'd love to be known as uh, as a guy that brought something new and different at, at, at uh, Not Safe for Work Comics and brought them out of the shadows a little bit. That uh, you know what? <laughs> Screw me. That's my answer. <laughs> I'd love to be known as that guy. That's. <laughs> I was I was literally working my way through that because the other the other answer is I'd like to be known as one of the one of the people that was out front on web comics certainly not the first but within that first wave that came through in 2000 you were there before me uh but you know part of that first wave uh but I don't know that there's a lot of worth to that I I I think I'd like to be known as somebody that took uh not safe for work comics and made them a little bit less uh uh, shame inducing to it made it something less ashamed uh, to be reading. I, I took it out of the, out of the shadows a little bit said, uh, you know what, this is valid storytelling and you don't have to feel funny about enjoying it. That, you know what, if I could be remembered for that, I think that'd be great. Okay. So let's, uh, can I ask a follow-up question that George did not ask? Um, uh, go right how, ahead. At the end of your days, uh, since you've expressed this, uh, and this mm-hmm. is not in any way attacking you. This is genuine curiosity. How yeah. will you know or how will you feel like you kind of achieved your goal and what you want to be remembered for? Oh, that's a great question. Like how, what quantitatively or, or qualitatively will let you know, like, oh, I think I did okay. Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, maybe maybe uh, uh, books that are, that are mature themes. Uh, well, by that time, there's not going to be bookstores. And it's already carried. It's carrying uh, really well on Amazon. That's you're going to have to give me some time to think about that. I'm not sure it, it would for 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 my specific answer. It would be more of a general cultural attitude thing, and I don't know how you gauge that. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Again, by the time that you and I hopefully are well into our 90s and getting ready to shuffle off. Uh, I, I, there's going to be so much that's different. Like it, it wouldn't be a primetime show because I think primetime is going to be gone by them. It's not going to be a, a special place in the bookstore because bookstores are going to be all but gone by then. Uh, I, I think for me, it would be more of a cultural attitude. Uh, you know what it would be? It would be going on the subway and seeing what I saw every day when I was in Tokyo and saw people reading hentai <laughs> uh, just out, you know, not not covering up behind a paper bag or putting another book in, in front of it uh, and all that other stuff. They're just out there reading hentai, and and there's no, there wasn't any shame or any. Oh, this is a naughty thing. It was just this is another type of story that I happen to be reading right now. And when I'm done with this, I'm going to read whatever a western or a romance or whatever. Uh, if I got onto a subway as an 80-year-old man and saw uh, people uh, reading not safe for work stuff with less of a sense of, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be hiding this, uh, then I'd think that that would be a great thing. 
What? Uh, so first of all, can I be? Uh, what's the word? Prurient for a second. Can I be a prude? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? What is that? How? How does someone read <laughs> hentai on a subway in Tokyo? Like, what is that person? Like, what are they? Are people around them going like, yeah? Or are they that? just like just reading along and no, no one? It's it's a young guy. It's a young woman. It's an old man. Uh, I can't honestly say that I saw an old woman doing uh, uh, with hentai, but I did. I I saw. Almost, and and again, I only had so much time there. It's you couldn't call it a really good uh, sure. uh, selection of people, sure. but I saw a, a vast diversity of people, and it was just it was like nothing. It was like just another thing. Now they weren't they weren't waving it around, and most of the young people were doing it on your on their phones, and you had to get right up on their shoulder to see what they were reading, and sometimes that got uncomfortable. But it was all for science. It was all. <laughs> <laughs> it was all for you know the greater good. No, I'm I'm kidding, of course. But no, it it it, it was just it was not. I guess the word is nonchalant. They had a completely different attitude about uh, that topic as a reading material. Sure, I'm I'm more just interested because it's fun to see what different cultures are uptight about in the way that Americans are uptight about sex, but are far too loose about violence. We're like we're way too easily be like, yeah, everybody can blow up in the scene and that's fine, you know. Oh my gosh, whereas, yeah, you're so right about whereas that. Whereas Europeans are super lax about sex, but violence is like, God, well, what's the deal with this? And um, it's just interesting to see that the Japanese are more like, yeah, it's pornography, no big deal. Um, but yeah. but the same. Same is true also with like the French. If you try to talk money or or salary or things, I was like, what are you doing? This is so personal and private. Why are you talking about this? Whereas yes. Americans, even though Americans are a little limiting about talking about salary or income, the you know, you yeah. talk to some French uh, folks and they'll be like, what are you? Stop talking about this. My mother is right there. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. And you're like, right. we're talking salary. What's happening? Remember those French cartoonists at the NCS? Oh, my it God. Yeah. Really- Genuinely embarrassed about a, a capitalist expression of cartooning yeah. and art. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and just the other way, like all, every cartoonist in in, a, in, a, in an American sense, every cartoonist that you've ever heard speak is self-deprecating about their romantic life, right? right. Like, ah, I didn't date much in high school or I, I, I didn't go to prom, this and that. So, I, I think it might have been you who made a comment about, you know, well, you know, we're, we're cartoonists. We don't date much. And the French cartoonist looked at you and said, well, listen, speak for yourself. I know they and were made, all so do you remember like that? that was important to them to plant that flag to be like, no, yes, I dated well yes. in high school. <laughs> it was cheerleaders and the hot girl from the school that really did exist. I dated all the time. Yeah, they it was it was it was a big moment of pride for them. God, you know what, Brad? Not to derail this conversation, but I didn't put that together at the time that American and English speaking cartoonists, you're right, are very quick yeah. to be like, well, I didn't date, that's why I went into art. Whereas the French <laughs> yeah. went into art to date. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. So to yeah. take that away from them is like, F you, I don't make any money in Paris. So I the only thing I have, the <laughs> only the thing, thing is that I'm sexy because I'm an artist. Damn it, don't take that away from me. And Brad, I didn't see that until you pointed that out right now. Thank you. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Uh, no, I, I, it, that, that was, 
that that just smacked me in the face. It was like, yeah, I'm not making money, but I am making uh, whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. guacamole. I did not see that, Brad, yeah. until you pointed that out right now. Anyway, thank you. I genuinely did not make that connection until you pointed that out right oh, now. That's uh, beautiful. Well, listen, before we derail much sure, further, sure, sure. I've got to ask you, because I'm fascinated now, what do you, Dave Kellett, want to be remembered for? Okay, so you, you and probably everyone else is going to be really unsatisfied by my answer. Uh, I know that already, oh. because other <laughs> people have asked me this and uh i have an unsatisfying answer that tends to make people unsatisfied with their own view of themselves and i'll tell you what i mean by that once i once i explain it so <laughs> okay i'm ready here is my attitude brad and people don't like it my attitude is i'm not going to be remembered yeah yeah i can see that you're not i'm not <laughs> 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 oh you delightful sob Oh, oh, chef's kiss. Mwah, that was delightful. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was unfair. I, I just did that for the joke. But, but you really don't think you're going to be remembered? No, absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Uh, so I did, uh, as you probably know, two grad degrees in, in cartooning. I did one at UCSD in San Diego and one at the University of Kent in England. And while I was in England, part of the way I uh, made some extra scratch is I worked at the Center for Cartoon and Caricature Studies, which I think now has been moved to London, but it was in Canterbury when I was there. So anyway, mm-hmm. I would archive World War One and World War II cartoons. And very often in among the originals, which I would be white gloving and storing and and cataloging and scanning, uh, in amongst those cartoons were clippings about the cartoonist, like the cartoonist had saved some clipping and tucked it in with their cartoons. And then when they died, they'd all got turned over to the archives. And then there's me, you know, 20 year old me archiving it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's all these newspaper clippings from like 1925, 1930, 1910. And they're like, London's favorite cartoonist, England's most popular cartoonist. It's Skip Bibbins, and no one will ever forget his name because everybody loves the work of Skip Bibbins, and holy shit, the name will live on for generations. Delightful Skip Bibbins, yeah. and here's his. Uh, here's an interview with Skip Bibbins. And I'm looking at it, and the clipping is only, at that point, 90 years old, 80 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, ostensibly a historian of the comics arts, uh, had no idea who the hell, and by the way, I'm just making up the name Skip Bibbins. I had no idea who Skip Bibbins was, had never heard of his work. He ran for eight years, 80 years, doesn't matter, in the Daily Mail or the Daily Express or or the Evening Standard or the London Times, you know, Uh whatever it was. It doesn't matter because 80 years on, I I had never heard of him and the work was was incomprehensible to a modern reader when I would read through the comics. I'd be like, huh, another joke about babies (laughs) eating coal. Well, that timed out really well uh you know by the way apparently babies used to eat coal in a house uh so oh my god like for real uh, like legitimately i'm not kidding when i say when i was archiving comics from the 10s and 20s and 30s like a good i don't want to overdo it but like one out of 20 comics would be about babies eating coal and i was like what the hell was going on 100 years ago where everybody was eating coal (laughs) well that's like if you eat poisoned isn't that one of the remedies is eating coal like it soaks up the poison I mean, I get there apparently was something in the mineral content of coal that babies, as they're teething, would also like to suck on coal. Oh, is that right? And it was also the kind of thing where coal was kept at kind of crawling level around the house near the fire. And so a baby would reach into the coal bin and grab a chunk of coal. Anyway, long story short is you're you're in my jokes about USB plugs being having to reverse to get to plug in, Brad. (laughs) 
those are going to age real poorly and no one's going to know who the hell Dave Kellett is 100 years from now when someone is archiving my work, you know? Okay. Well, let me let me let me let me stop you there. Okay. Okay. Of course no one's going to remember either one of us 100 years from now. But but let me reframe this on the on behalf of George Mackay. Okay. Uh, let me reframe it. Uh, of course no one's going to remember a hundred years, but when you pass on, you're going to have at least a 24 hour social media cycle where people are going to say, Oh, bad news. Uh, uh, you know, Joe Schmo died today or, well, I guess I'll, I gotta, I gotta use you. I just don't like saying the words, uh, bad news. Dave Kellett passed away. You know what I remember about him? How would you want that? Now, of course, a hundred years from now, you're not going to be remembered. But how would you like to be remembered on that day? Oh, I see what you're asking, Brad. That was a good reframing of that question, because it yeah. Ma- well, I'm good at this. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's how I want to be remembered. Somebody that reframed questions and put it to you, Brad. Brad Geiger, able to squeeze blood from a stone. Um. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, how do I want to be remembered on the day I die? I see what you're asking, yeah. Brad. That's a good reframing. What do you want that tweet? Yeah, what do you want that tweet to say? Uh, Dave Kellett, uh, f- friend to all. No, um, what do I want to be remembered <laughs> for? I want to be remembered for, A, a sense of optimism uh, that mm-hmm. that I tried to make people smile or laugh in shitty moments or even in good moments of their life, right? So that's that's the mm-hmm. broad strokes one. And then I think right now in my current life, I would like to do two concrete career things that I would like to be remembered for. One that I tried to uh, advance and promote and talk about and film the, about the art of comics as an art form, not yeah. not specifically yeah. just created comics. But he also tried with Stripped and how to make web comics and Web Comics Weekly and Comic Lab and and the show mm-hmm. that I'm about to do. That all of that. Uh, oh, we're teasing. Oh, I shouldn't that, have mentioned we? that. You're right. Um, are we teasing? Oh, we should tease. Uh, a little bit. Oh, listen, Brad, we could tease it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then I just get out a feather and I start tickling. <laughs> calf oh brad we can tease it a little bit um so anyway i would like to be known for that that i tried to talk about in advance mm-hmm. the f- cartooning as an art form a serious art form that's worthy of yeah. consideration and then i think even more so than sheldon i would like people to go when i die hey that drive was a good story that was really i enjoyed that that was fun yeah. So that's what I would like to be known for. He really made it go. Oh, <laughs> hey, there's that Dave Kellett. My wife and I were just talking about you. We were saying uh, he's really made a go of it. He got su- pretty good writing with so, so art. God, I'm going to remember that for years now, thanks to our repeated uses of that in conversation. <laughs> That's become one of our go-tos. I'm telling you, one of these days, if we ever do enamel pins for the show, it should just be phrases from the show, like making a go of it and question asker. It just should be phrases from the yeah, show. Yeah, ask me, ask me about my so-so art, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. So what do you think? Do we got time for one more question? I think we got time for one more, yes. So this one comes in from Coop. And Coop says, Dave and Brad, great pod. I'm a big fan of the show. I am a talker, and I often talk potential customers out of a sale. Or I can't get a booth barnacle to shove off at comic conventions. Any tips on how to control the conversation and keep it down to two or three minutes 
So, uh, so here's Coop's problem. <laughs> it's just the opposite problem from the question a couple uh, questions ago where the guy said, hey, I don't talk so well on these live streams. Coop's problem is just the other. He's talking too much. How do you, how do you get this guy to simmer down, Dave? Uh, well, first of all, I, this is a legit problem because some people really yeah. enjoy human interaction and it's a, it fires them mm-hmm. up and it's fun to talk. And anytime there's a topic that, uh, that gets the old imagination whirring, they, they get going in conversation and then they look up and it's 15 minutes later. Um, but I think, Coop, the the mind game that you want to play with yourself uh, at a comics convention or at a book sh- signing or whatever kind of event you're at um, is you want to keep re- going back in your mind to telling yourself, I am here to sell. I'm here to sell. I'm here yeah. to sell. I'm here to sell. Uh, and that will return you because basically your time at that, uh, at that booth, at that table, your sole job is not to be the cartoonist. Your job is to be the PR and salesperson in front of that cartoon, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're taking off the hat of artist. You're taking off the hat of sociable person who likes to chat and is fun at a bar or is great at a barbecue, <laughs> right? You're taking off that hat and yes. you're putting on the hat of, I'm here to sell. I'm here to promote my art. I'm here to introduce as many people as I can to my art. Brad, what are, what are you thinking, Brad? Uh, I want you to listen again to this question because I noticed something okay. here. And I, I think we can we can give Coop some good advice. But it, it's I'm, I'm going to warn you right now, it's going to sound a little harsh. Was it <laughs> the fact that Coop used advice. the word pod instead of podcast? Was that the was that the problem? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if he If he would have gone so far as to say that he also follows us on Insta, I would have uh, just deleted his question. I, when we would it, have when never it sounds gotten like Dave and, Dave and Brad, great pod. It sounds like there's a growth on Brad's back. Like, oh, Brad, have you have you had that pod looked <laughs> like at? It's not. It's not what you which want. Which is like, yeah, it's like, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, listen to listen to the two examples he okay. gives. He, one, he talks potential customers out of a sale. And two, he can't get booth barnacles to shove off. There's a common thread here. You have a intense need to have people like you and that's what you have to address first because both of those both of those things have a common thread you need to be needed or you need to be wanted or you need to be liked and that's the reason that you're talking potential uh, customers out of a sale and that's why you can't let that booth barnacle go because you you want to be liked so much and it's might be the reason that you're showing up to a convention in the first place is that you want to get there so that people can tell you nice things about you and you can feel that you're liked and and all of that is valid all of that is is genuine i'm not saying that you're faking it or anything else but if you are that person, you've got to know that about yourself. And it's like, you know, knowing is half the battle. When you acknowledge that about yourself and that you're a people pleaser and, and that you have an intense need to get that kind of validation from people, then you can identify it while it's happening, while you're about to say, well, listen, you don't really need to buy that book. You know, you can get it all online. It's for free. I wouldn't bother if I were you. Uh, you, as those words are coming up, you can, you can choke them back and say, no, 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 that's a people pleaser thing to do. And then let Dave's voice take over from there and say, I'm here to sell. And this, and by the way, uh, again, I, I, I'm going to see if I can get a, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, quote into every show now for the, for the rest of the year. Uh, a, a man does not step on a car lot lest he wants to buy. 
All right. That person didn't come into the comic convention uh, without expecting or wanting to at least buy a couple things. And it might as well be you uh, and your stuff as anybody else. That's why they came there is to buy some stuff and to have a little something to take home that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, so those are the two things you need to have in your mind is number one. Uh, and, and I'm not putting you down. I totally, totally, totally get it. But number one, uh, you know, I have a, I have a need to be liked. And number two, these people are here to buy and I'm here to sell to them. Those are the two things you need to have going on in your head. And I think it will address a lot of these problems that you're having. Am I, am I, do you think I'm off base or on base? Well, you know what? I I went quiet there because I was genuinely thinking about this. You took an angle that I did not think of, but I think you're right. I, you kind of went deeper level uh, on the old uh, slice of onion than I did. And I think you hit it on the head, which is that uh, there's two things that could be presented at this booth. The work or Coop and Coop has chosen to be presenting Coop or, you know what I mean? Like, or the emphasis is on Coop rather than on the work. And uh, I didn't see that, Brad, as an answer. And I think Brad is smart. I have no better answer than what Brad just gave. (laughs) I legit think that Brad nailed that. Um, And now I want to lay down on a couch and Brad have Brad psychoanalyze me. (laughs) Like, what am I doing wrong? Brad, you got a minute? I got some I got some things I need to work out. Yeah. Tell me about your relationship with your mother. I've always wondered about that. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you, because I know. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess you were very I close. I know. Okay. So no, I actually want some context on that, because I know that that's the go-to psychology joke of like, tell me about the relationship with your mother. Yeah. Why is it? Who made yeah. that the standard psychology joke? Like, is that from vaudeville? Oh, it was. No, no. The com- uh, the comedian's name you're looking for was Sigmund Freud. Uh, the, the, all of Freud's work, or not all of it, but an awful lot of Freud's work came back to the mother. Yeah. And, and, that, and things. And when Freudian psychology, exactly. And when, and when Freudian th- uh, psychology really took over and people started to notice this, uh, geez, every time I, you know, I, every time I go to my Freudian psychologist, he's talking about my mom and the other person says, oh, mine is the same way. You know, we started to see patterns there. And, and yeah, a lot of Freudian psychology circles right in on the Oedipus contact, uh, complex and, and mothers and so on and so forth. So that's really the, the, the true nut of the, of the, of the idea. Okay, that's a half satisfying answer, but I feel like there must have been one com- comedian that really <laughs> tapped into the zeitgeist because all of a sudden that became the standard go-to psychology joke. It's like, tell me about your mother. Like, it couldn't have been grassroots people. Everyone noticed it. It must have been somebody that tapped into that, yeah. don't you think? If, if I had to put money on it, I'd put money on Woody Allen because you've got somebody oh, that, that that's his yeah. wheelhouse right there is psychology and, and mothers. <laughs> I would, I would bet money that if you, if you trace the, Oh, wouldn't that be a great idea? Etymology, except for jokes, like a joke etymology. Book. Oh yeah. Like this came from this. Where, came from- where did this humorous concept? Yeah, exactly. Like the, like the root, uh, the same way you follow etymology, but for uh, a humorous concept. Oh, that would be kind of f- that would be kind of fascinating, actually. Don't you wonder about that every now and again when you hear a joke that's funny, but you forget why it was funny in the first right. place, and it's like there's got to be an etymology there, you know? Right. That's but like, well, and somebody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this right back, Dave. Watch what I'm about okay. to do. Somebody on Twitter, on somebody on Twitter, sent us the origin of the slipping on a banana peel. Yeah. Joke. That was like fascinating. that actually had, yeah, that had its own etymology, its own joke etymology. 
that uh, it, back in the day, people used to just throw their banana peels on the on the streets and they'd get start to deteriorate and, and get slippery. And it was a real problem, people slipping on banana peels. And they, it, it's funny today, but we forgot why it was funny. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, that would be that would be great. But anyway, yeah, that's I think that's where it comes from. Probably uh, a, a, a setup and spike by Sigmund Freud and Woody Allen. A setup and a spike. That's a funny way to put that. <laughs> well, listen, on that note, we're going to head out for the for the week but i want to just read courtney's question to you brad courtney's another five dollar back over at patreon.com slash comic lab and uh oh, courtney, courtney has a very i'll bet you i'll bet you courtney's one of our I, I remember her name one of our finest patreon backers i can't wait to hear what dear sweet courtney has to well, say well you're not gonna like it when i read it brad because it's gonna put us on the spot for next week or the weeks oh. ahead Hey guys, what happened imagine. to you talking about your one three and five year plans Brad, I've Courtney, always been curious Courtney, how car- you how cartoonists plan for that. You guys were going to talk about it, and Dave successfully avoided it. Oh, yeah, she threw me under the bus. You thought I'd forget. <laughs> I didn't forget, says Courtney. So that so oh, Brad, we're now in August, Courtney. and I think we were going to do this for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be silly to do it now. Let's do it sometime in 2020. Agreed. So, Courtney, we're going to circle up around <laughs> around the next presidential election, and we're gonna we're gonna get this done for you. <laughs> now, maybe sometime before then. But uh, Courtney raises a good point, uh, and and and, and uh, so we should probably uh, make it a point to get back to that topic. That is a good topic, one that I am anxious to address i i honestly uh now that courtney has kindly brought it up we do have to get back to it because uh you can start to experience slow career drift if you don't have a plan and by plan i mean Mm -hmm. like a north star like the thing you are shooting for because all of us myself especially included can get distracted by the shiny object of like oh patreon has rolled out a new feature oh hey now there's a new way to do this thing on your website oh hey look at this new pen or oh i have five extra minutes um and uh right. all of that right. can distract you from like i should be working on my kickstarter book i should be working on this new project that i'm <laughs> going to be doing in two years that wasn't directed at brad uh although it's interesting oh, it that you took been. that very it personally it should have <laughs> It should have been if it wasn't. Yeah. It's a, you just described my entire summer. <laughs> Brad, I was speaking very generically to the crowd when I said, you should be working on your next Evil Link book, everyone. <laughs> yes, everybody should be working on their Evil Link book, I agree. Courtney, have you worked on your Evil Link yet book yet, Courtney? I, I, have you done that? You leave Courtney out of it. She's on my bad side now. I don't like Courtney anymore. So to get to Courtney's central ideas, yes, we do need to do the one, three, five year plan because frankly, uh, Brad and I are between plans at the moment and it, we yeah. we can both get distracted and it's good to have that North Star to say like, oh, wait a minute. No, the most imp- it was kind of like a version of Jake Parker's idea of what's the most important thing I have to do today. If you have the North yeah. Star of what is the three most important things I have to do this year, you will keep turning back to them and not be as distracted by shiny objects as you would otherwise be. So, Courtney, I want you to keep holding our feet to the fire, myself included. We do need to do those one, three, and five-year plans. Yes, we do. And before we can do that, we have to do this. You've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making a comic and making a living from comics. Your hosts have been famous jazz singer Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the cartoonist of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com. God, are you still obsessing about that song? I, I, Dave... 
Let it go. Huh? Let it go. I'm out. I'm out. And date. I'm not doing the rest of the outro. No. No. I'm out. I'm out. You sit right. You sit right there and 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 listen. And Dave Callett, co-director of Stripped and cartoonist of Sheldon at SheldonComics.com and Drive at DriveComic.com. And sponsoring the show again this week, our wonderful friends. <laughs> I thought you really did leave. No, no, no. <laughs> I was saying sponsoring the show again this week, our friends over at Wacom, W-A-C-O-M dot com. Wacom, the maker of fantastic Cintiq and Intuos products and a billion other things that are fantastic for your art. Yeah. Wacom dot com. And the Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. And this episode and all episodes was edited by the fantastic Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at www.woodsong.media. Comic Lab is made possible by your support on Patreon.com slash Comic Lab, so we'll go ahead and say that twice. Patreon.com slash Comic Lab. Do you want to work in sci-fi? I should have tried to work in (laughs) sci-fi. Okay, bye.